Well, part two of Dave Moore is here. By this point, we are deep into that 72 pint keg. So please excuse the odd slur and the boozy chat. Um, there's still a whole wealth of information that Dave shares with us. You'll hear the fire crackling and, and a little bit of ambience, but the information in this podcast I'm sure you'll all find very, very interesting. Special thanks to poor old Martin, um, who makes a little special guest appearance. Martin is a friend of Dave's, and he was sat in the corner, um, and, and he, uh, he he chimes in uh, in reference to Dave's fishing. So thanks for Martin, and Martin, sorry for, for putting you on the spot there. And sorry that you had to listen to us three, um, or particularly me and Pete, pissed up, you know, ranting a load of crap. Um, but yeah, thank you, Martin. Appreciate that. And again, I want to thank Dave, who gave us an extremely warm welcome um, both me and Pete became very fond of him over the few days that we spent with him. Absolutely lovely to to meet him, and and he was very very hospitable. Um, so yeah, thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. Before we jump into the episode, we are brought to you by BP Milling. If you haven't checked out BP Milling's YouTube channel, you really need to. He's sharing some very very interesting topics, which are sure to teach pretty much everyone new things about carp which is ultimately going to help you put more carp in your net this year so please go and search out bp milling on youtube give him a subscribe look at his videos he's got some great stuff there and also what we've managed to do is give you 10 percent off of some of his products if you use code chronicles 10 on the bp milling website it will give you 10% off the Smart Mix pellets, which are very good, Session Packs, his Hook Baits, and his G-Force Boosters. So if you want to try out Ben's products and see what all the fuss is about, head on over to bpmilling.co.uk and use the code CHRONICLES10 at checkout. Lastly, of course, we're brought to you by OptiBaits.com, which is our little bait company. Um... For those of you who don't know, we sell very unique products that aren't available elsewhere. We sell a lot of flavors, we sell powdered additives, and we now sell our own range of hook baits. If you want to use a bait that is a bit different from the norm, um, and I genuinely mean that, then check us out. We've got some really, really interesting stuff going on there, and the catch results that we are having I'm not one to brag, but it is absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, the baits are doing very well. The hook baits in particular and the flavors just seem to be delivering a lot of people, a lot of fish. So yeah, go ahead, check us out. We've also actually got a little discount going on for the month of April for people using the new website, which we've set up, which is optibaits.com, O-P-T-I-Baits.com. If you add in the code NEW at checkout, you will save 10% on all products. That's it for the intro. Enjoy this awesome episode with Dave Moore. How are you preserving it, Dave? Obviously, this is this conversation stemmed from our chat about preservatives. Obviously, you're going abroad and you're, you know, you've openly say you take a couple of hundred kilos mm -hmm. like, with you. What, what are you doing for preservative land if you're just taking freezer bait? I salt them. Mm. I mean, basically, I mean, um, I it, it, it depends on space. I mean, sometimes I'll salt them before I set off and sometimes I will take them as far as I can get still frozen and then have to then do it when I'm, you know, when it needs doing. Um, 
how I do it is basically I have these blue um, barrels, which are... Pheasant feeder barrels. <laughs> well, yeah, I have to, funny enough, I've seen them used <laughs> yeah, for that, yeah, but I yeah. don't think they're actually made oh, for pheasant made feeder. For that. <laughs> I think they're made for something else, okay. but yeah, 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 exactly. They're, yeah. They're, they're hard plastic barrels with the black lids on. I mean, I've got some real big ones, and um, basically I, I start off, put a layer of salt in the bottom, throw baits on, and then put salt on, throw baits on, put salt on, throw baits on, put salt on. So you end up with with um, a 25-litre barrel. You can get about <clears throat> 20 kilo of bait in, but it weighs about 40 kilo. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause so you need 20k of salt. No, no, it, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I use Himalayan rock salt. Yeah. You know, two grades, the coarse grades, but you know, to do mine. And I mean, people are probably going to turn out, hey. Trust me, if you look, it's not as expensive <laughs> as it is in Tesco's. You know, you can get you can get bags, twenty five kilo bags of salt for about I think about nine quid. You know, it's not dear. So that you know, that's what I do. And then when 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 I'm fishing, I just, just use it, and the salt goes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I've been doing that for quite a long time now. Do you do you, uh, do you add salt into any of your baits, either pre-production, post-production? There, there is, there is. I have done in the past. Mm. You know, um, we've got. I mean, because cause all the baits are now used from rolling. Um, with there's one one baits in there in their armament that that's got salt in it, specifically because it's meant for that purpose. Um, I have used. Stacks of salt in past. I mean, yeah, with this, to be honest with you, at one stage I was known as the you know, rock salt man. Salty boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, so it. it uh, what are your thoughts on, on using chunks of pink Himalayan or something like that salt in the swim? If it, it's not a short term thing, if you're going to use salt, in places to attract them they're attracted to salt minerals at certain times of the year you know, after spawning is the obvious one that everyone and after about. a winter because spring yeah yeah be- see well yeah go on, go on i mean because i mean what you don't realize is it i mean all fish get their their um oh, how do you say it so i'm trying to think of the word um Their water sealing. No, that's wrong. No water sealing. What's the what's the word I'm I'm thinking of? Electrolytes. Osmoregulation. Well, it is part yeah. of that that process. I mean, and uh, and the basically the reason they don't dissolve <laughs> in water is because of. Salt. Oh, I see what you mean. Why well, the car <laughs> yeah. goes up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Exactly. Osmosis. That's a barrier. Yeah, yeah exactly. Osmosis, yeah. And, and <clears throat> they spend all winter sat there, and despite the fact that yeah. they might not be active, they're still losing salts. Yeah. Ne- yeah. They never stop, you know, basically so, urinating. So once they get active, one of the first things they need is to is to replenish that. 
that lack of salt. And I think that's why you find early season a lot of fish digging banks up. I mean, yeah, I mean I've watched it in numerous places in where, the past. Where, where do we draw the line then? Um, I mean, it, it, can we overdo it? Can we start lobbing big chunks of you know, pink Himalayan salt in? And can we be causing harm? No. No, there's, there's more salt ends up in, in, the, in lakes through runoff off roads than an angler will ever, ever, ever do. I mean, because even... Not, uh, not here, though, to be fair. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, for a start, it can pass through. Uh, once you get salts dissolved to a, to a, a solution, it can pass through water tables depending on how mm. how coarse it is w wouldn't it largely get caught up within the substrate or not yeah it would do but i mean i mean it, it's not going to be it'll get through sort yeah, of thing yeah yeah and it's not i mean the, the quantities <clears throat> that people's going to use salt wise i know lakes for instance especially in the in in eastern europe where every single angler that fishes them lakes because of the heat they and the, because I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I fish a lot in Croatia. They're very anti-preservative, very. So all of them are using salt. And then you've got carp thriving in quite brackish water, aren't you? Well, I won't think. It, I, I don't think it actually the quantities that I ends up. No, but the, but the, like I'm talking about estuaries now. Oh there, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about quite, wild. Yeah, yeah, wild carp, quite yeah, brackish yeah. waters. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, um, I, I mean, let's we'll digress a little bit. But a few years ago, I did a, I, I had a boat and went on the, the Canal de Midi, which is at the lower end of the yeah. Rhone system, and I ended up at a, oh, what did they call the place? It's a, it's a fort town, on this boat, and oh, I can't remember its name. But anyway, I'm watching mullet swimming around like mad. And, and uh, I assumed we was that close to the med that we were in salt water. Mm. Um, but I thought I'd have a go at trying to catch these mullet. You know, and, and anyway, so I, di I did. And after a while of, uh, while of not making, you know, I just thought, oh, sod it. That's how deep it is. And I'm fishing with float rod. That's one of the fish. Float slides away. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, 20 minutes later, I'll land a 35-pound carp. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, oh, maybe it's not as brackish as what I thought. But then I tasted the water. And it was yeah. it was completely brackish. You know, so I mean carp, I've got a their their tolerance for salinity is probably far more different than what we think as for people sticking salt in lakes you know when they're fishing there's going to be far less salt end up in a lake than there is bait <laughs> <coughs> with and, and bait don't disappear as well <laughs> i mean it gets transformed into something else you know a lot of it poop. ammonia <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and ammonia yeah yeah I'm sort of yeah with you on I don't think salt's a big problem I don't know about you Sam there's a lot of guys you hear that argument don't you like once it goes in it's never going out but 
I know, like, we had John Baker on last year and he, he wanted to come back. He was very interested in talking about the addition. Well, anglers using salt in the waterways. I know he was quite against it. So, I mean, we... It's too minuscule. We should have any got him difference. on. I'd be interested to hear his side of it, you know, mm. for sure. It's too I, I, me, personally, I can't see it. It's too minuscule. It depends. But then again, if everyone starts hafing it in... Even if they did, what well, they would soon stop when they didn't catch out. That's the wow, thing. You'd like to think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, they would. They would. I mean, uh, uh, there's one thing. I know the definition of madness: doing doing the same thing over and over again and getting the, and, and expecting a different result. So, I mean, most people, in my, you know, they use it for so long and stop because it's not it's not working. People for keep them. using the likes of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll beat that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. But you know what I mean. I, 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 I just it, and it. And I, I think salt use hit a peak, didn't it? Yeah. And there were certain companies brought out their own salt products, and every everyone was buying it and chucking it in at a, at a mm. price, weren't they? Mm. And I think it's sort of gone out of fashion again. Mm. I, I think it can be a real edge, personally. Mm. Uh, if you can. You know, use it on a certain area and the right time of year. Yeah. It's got its place, isn't it? I'll tell you another one that's really, really, really worth trying, and I've tried it, and it certainly attracts fish. And I've tried it. There's, there's a couple of things I've tried that's a bit off the wall. Go on. One of them is peat. You know, peat. Mm. Yeah. Whiskey, that makes me think of whiskey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete, and the other one is molehill muck, because it's nice and fine. you got Plenty a lot around here. here. Sam's well, been obsessed with your molehills I can't today. believe your molehills. <laughs> you got some of the biggest molehills I've ever clapped eyes on. Well, they've got a, I, I think they've got a Mar Markham tunnel boring machine. Yeah, I'm, going back to, I'm going back to my mining <laughs> days, because, you know, I've got to say, they're, they're certainly, certainly, in fact, they're also... When you look at the size, I mean, you sort of think, how big are these bloody moles? Yeah. yeah. Everything's tougher in the north. But no. <laughs> you, ever, you ever sort of played with calcium chloride? Yes. Mm. Mm. Any, any thoughts or didn't? No, I didn't, didn't really. You're on about the water hardness, aren't you? Mm -mm. Well, just using it as, a, as an additive. I mean, mm. I'm convinced. I mean, we live in Cornwall, which is we don't, very, very soft. Well, okay. We used to. Mm. Um, <clears throat> very very soft water um, and I've used calcium chloride on and off for a number of years and I'm convinced there's something there and mm. I'm convinced it attracts commons um, mm. mainly because of a commons need in my mind this is there's no scientific evidence this is just purely mm. you know on my sort of experience the scales you know? yeah the scales yeah. they're calcium well, they, they, heavy they, you know yeah there's got to be I mean, you can't get away from the fact there's got to be a difference between a, yeah. some a creature that's got a full coat and a creature yep. that hasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I mean, they're going to have different needs. There's, there's papers out there. I mean, calcium chloride in its own right is incredibly mm. attractive to carp. Mm. Having said incredibly that, it was probably common carp. <laughs> it's always common carp, isn't it? Mm. All these papers are based on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but mirrors are often... Class is common carp yeah. or king carp. King, king carp. Yeah. Yeah. King carp is the one that that you'll mm. see crop up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Your glasses are empty. I'm going to go and pull another pint. <laughs> Why don't you keep the podcast going? Well, no, I'll stop it a minute because I'm an idiot. <laughs> He's getting more, that more seal's well and truly stops. gone, isn't it, yeah. Dave? <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Right, are we ready to record or? Absolutely. Swi- switching gears again. Obviously, you're, you're famed for creating the, the BFM, Big Fish Mix. Oh, you can't say that. Can I not say that? <laughs> no one knows. You're, you're famed for that mix. What other mixes in the Nutribase catalogue did you play a part in creating? I mean, after, after BFM, I suppose there was influence in all of them in some degree. Um, I mean... I mean, the fact is that I was importing a lot of ingredients to make baits at the time that 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 I was with them. You know, I was bringing st- you know krill, for instance, which ended up in the trigger and 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 various other little bits and pieces. Um, I pretty, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, probably not a lot. You, you, um, so last night we were sorry to interrupt. We, last night we were talking, uh, you, you, and Enervite was oh, obviously yeah, yeah, a freaking th- well, had a cult following. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that goes before. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was Tim that put that together. I supplied the the, the chi- spice, the spice mix, and the Robin Red because. So, so, so we're going to have people <laughs> listening right now that are hanging on to every word you're saying because they're Enervite enthusiasts. What can you tell people about Enervite? I mean, what kind of light can you shed on it? Well, it was a, it was, I mean, it was a, a bird food. It was a bird food bait that that had a spice mix into in it. I mean, at the time, it, it didn't really need to have. Just took it straight out of the bag. You didn't have to put anything to it. You you catch fish. I mean, it's a. I mean the. Its success probably come from from the Robin Red and you know the the five spice mix. That's it. That was yeah. high level of soya, right? I can't actually remember the other bits and pieces that were in it, but I mean it wasn't it wasn't a. It wasn't. I, he had CLO. Yeah, yeah. Liver. I mean the spice. Old, yeah. Bit I mean, of brewer's yeast. Yeah. It would, I mean, it's yeah. it, uh, it wouldn't have you know any complex protein ingredients no. in it. You know, but it yeah. fucking worked, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, without a doubt, I don't don't think it got a longevity. I mean, well, I know it didn't because I mean, a lot of lakes where it where it worked well, it soon died. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I always remember the one of the one of the other mixes. I mean, that they did, and I had nothing to do with this. I think they called it um, Four Seasons. Four Seasons mix. I'm not familiar with uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I always remember one of the mates at three like saying, "Yeah, I know why they call it Four Seasons." I says, "Why is that?" And he says, because it takes four seasons to catch a fish on it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, what, you know, I mean, that, that company went through many changes. Um, yeah. And, I mean, my original, you know, BFM mix that I did all, you know, that I get to build all them years ago, it's impossible to, to, to make recreate. To, to, today because... 
the products that's actually it, that, that went into it are just not available. You know, so anything after that's just been a bastardization of of that recipe. You know. So I think for, uh, tell me, I can edit this out if you want. I think fish meal. It's white fish meal, capelin, sardine, anchovy. But it was predominantly milk protein. I mean, you said had, this to me before. Uh, didn't yeah, you? it, it, it had, was a milk protein bait. Yeah, yeah, it had it had. Um, it had lactalbium, rennet casein, 30 mesh acid, and calcium caseinate. You know, and they were they there was more of them combined than there was the fish meal, which makes it, like I say, economically impossible to to make now. Yeah. Um, so well, it doesn't make it economically impossible. That's ludicrous. Of course, it does. You know, it's just that people wouldn't be prepared to pay for you know, for that bait commercially. You know, because of what it had cost and the fact that that the the lactalbium we were using then's gone. I mean, you could substitute it for one of the high quality whey proteins like you know WPC ninety five. Mm-hmm. It would still make it extremely expensive to do to sell as a commercial bait as a as a as a company supplying direct to the customer yeah you could probably do it well you can do it but it has to go through all that that you know you know you know the company that's producing it has to make 100 percent the the you know the 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 retailer has to make 30 percent nah it should be 23 24 quid a kilo mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah, so I mean that, you know, that's as as good as gone, um, and uh, and to be honest with you, um, the I, I always call that as a red fish meal because that's what it was, um, even though it was mostly milks. Yeah, but that's what they used to call it—a red fish meal. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, and it was like you said, predominantly. You know, it had far less fish meal in it than it did other products. So, so I, I mean, you <clears throat> we spoke about this last night, so I now know different. But previous to that, I thought this was sort of the answer to the Premier Bates fish meal. Um, but you were saying that no. this kind of came about before that. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I first the the baits I was using in in the late seventies, early early 80s was a it was a it was a exactly the same milk protein mix as that ended up in bfm but you know and the clo um as well that's what i was using as a bait and we got i got involved with a company called a2 baits um in kent uh, run by a guy called graham cowdroy um, we were, we were fishing Darrenth, we were fishing up in Norfolk, Hammersfield and Waveney and we got, we got sort of heads together so let's all just use the same bait and you know the bait that we were using then was a, was a, was basically CLO and milk proteins with <coughs> a little bit of soya and bits, you know, bits of vitamin and mineral uh, mineral mix with a flavour and a sweetener and we were catching fish really well. Then Graham went commercial and and 
basically created A2, and they had a bait called an A2 Mega Mix, and which was that, you know, that mix. Um, and then, but they started adding, well, it was one of the lads, because this is all just bass mixers, don't forget. Well, there weren't boilies. You bought the bass mix, you made your own. Yeah. And a few few of the lads, we, we got talking and said, well, well, why don't we try putting this this in it during the summer months? Sardine anchovy and cod liver oil. So, and that's how it all started. Going back to what I said earlier about cod, yeah, and, and so we used to put, we used to, we used to use that base, but add just during the summer months, we'd add sardine anchovy and yeah. cod liver oil, and it, you know, it worked quite quite well. In fact, I always thought that that the that the premier thing came from an evolution from A two. I thought there were you know there were the link, but apparently not, you know, because there were you know. Having met Jeff and and Bamber and all that, it's, you know their 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 philosophy and mixes back in that time was very similar to what Graham's. I can't remember what Graham's partner were called, but mine and Pete's, you know, some years earlier. Um, and 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 to be honest with you, um, I, when I got involved with Nutribates then. I basically stopped using that and went on to what they were using, you know, because you stopped using. I stopped using the, the, you know, my bait, yeah, and went on to their, you know, the high Nival and stuff. And to be truthful, I'll say it straight, what wasn't really impressed. We're Even Nival, uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't impressed. I, I mean, it was, it was. Well, the fact is, I wasn't impressed. They ended up going back to taking the old recipe, adding a few of the fish meals into it, and becoming, which became BFM. So, yeah. and once I'd gone that route back again, I became, you know, but, you know, I was getting what I thought I was, should be getting, you know. So, I mean, it's, I mean, and that's on results. Getting what you thought you should. In terms yeah. of cut, yeah, 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 catching, and I mean, I, and I always said that, that that if you established that bait in a lake, you didn't catch if carp, you caught them all. Well, you caught them all the following year and the year after, and that's what happened. And I mean, the, uh, I know people made their name on that bait, you know, and never have have had the results. Since, because, and they never will, because, like you say, you can't, you just can't recreate it like it Times used to be. Yeah. It, in in this day and age, where does the home roller put their efforts? Is it in a fish meal? Is it a bird food? Is it a high milk no. protein? No, it'll always be in a, it'll always be in a combination of, 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 because you don't, you will never get, a perfect bait from one source only no but, yeah. but 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 you could have a you know what i would deem as a as a high high milk protein bait could have bird food in it yeah, you yeah, even have a touch yeah. of of cpsb 90 yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Could it, you know, yeah, but, I mean, but it, you would class it as such 
by where it leans. Yeah. Does it lean on fish milk? I mean, if does it lean on milks? Like, what would you say? I the, would always lean towards the combination of the milks. Always. Why is that? Because that's how, that. Two reasons: the digestibility of them and the conversion of them is far easier than than. And, and the only reason you don't get fish farmers using them because they expense. Mm. And I mean, I've, I've got all the old papers and <coughs> the, you know, the testing case, and oh, that's it. And, that, and they were using them. But when it's got to, too expensive, they've stopped. The other thing is the combination between the two gives you, you know, the, between fish meals and milks, you get a full, a full profile. And you can play around with it if you know exactly what you want. Combinate combinations. So let, let's put a scenario out there, right? For the rest of your days, you can either use milk proteins with other cereals and things, but no fish meal, or you can use fish meals with cereals and other things, but no milk proteins. Which would you choose? The first one. Milk proteins. Mm. No fish meal. Yeah. The first one, without a doubt. Mm. I mean, the last, the last, oh, how many years is it? Since, since I basically, a year before I retired, the bait I've been using is predominantly a milk protein bait. And, you know, my catch rate <coughs> on the time spent where I've been is, I mean, it's, I mean, I can lay claim to saying I've had, and I've I've caught more than this. I I've had over hundred sixty pound plus carp, you know, on the same bait, and you know why would I why would I want to want to use anything else? You know, when I go places, it's not it's not a question of it's not a question of how many. You know, it's not a question of if, if I'm going to catch, it's how big, you know. So I mean, so why would I? Why would I want to go anywhere else? Do I'll you think, think you tend to catch the bigger fish or the volumes of fish, and then the numbers game comes into it? Well, I mean, it's probably. I mean, the guy that sat over there probably who was fishing inside him for God knows how long would probably ask him because he sat there. What do you reckon, Martin? What he just said there. Say it again. Mm. Yeah, fucking listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, do you reckon I catch the catch the volume or the biggest? Does the, Dave catch like high biggest. numbers of fish and then get the numbers no. down, or does he catch less fish but maybe bigger fish? Both. He, he never seems to catch the the smaller stuff. It's all it's all, it's all the bigger fish. Fifties, sixties, and. Well, far, so, so, so. Wait, sorry to put you on the spot, by the way. Um, when you fish with him, is yeah. is he getting is he getting lots of runs, or is he getting less runs? But he tends to get bigger fish. No, lots of runs and, and loads more than anybody else. He gets does. lots of runs. The guy can be at one end at lake and, and beating everybody. And yeah. Then go to the other. We we proved it last year. He went to the other end of the lake, and the fish followed him. <laughs> And You'd say that was bait. He did. Yeah. He did probably. I don't know. Even better than than the week previous. So, so he seems in to the swim that he, he didn't want, and we had to go in this swim because 
because it would he just gets a lot of takes and therefore numbers game he tends to catch big fish because of percentages numbers yes yeah interesting yeah and you largely I think judging from our last our chat last night you largely put that down to bait 100% 100% you don't think you're doing anything that rig wise that's just catching my, that's just my, tripping my, more fish my up. rigs are primitive yeah all I can say is, of what you know, yeah, it's down to bait, but I also work at the bait as yeah. well. You know, I'll sit and you know, Martin's just been talking about that particular, that particular trip. Yeah, and um, you know, there was one day I spawned for nine hours, never stopped. So, so you would say, I think, again, going back to last night, I think you'd say bait is the most important thing, would you? 100%. So, a good friend of mine, would uh, he's, and he's even got it engraved on his rods. Mm -hmm. Location, you're not going to say yeah. big. Location, presentation, bait. That's what he would say. Turn it round. He's got it wrong way around. Bait, presentation, Pushing. and then location. Oh, okay. well, no, Lo location, no, I get, I get location's got to be the number yeah, one. I, I, well, no, because if you can locate as many fish as you like. If they don't eat what you put in front of them... But you, you could have the best bait in the world. If you're chucking it down the wrong end of the pond where there's no fucking fish around... You, but eventually, I reckon... Oh, really? <laughs> they just, like, gravitate across the... <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to... I've got to... I've got to say is that that you can you can you can find the fish. I'll tell you a story. This is this is this. I'll go back to this story, and this goes back quite a, quite a long time, early eighties. I used to fish. A, I got to know about a lake. That's the best way to put it. I got to know about a lake, and you're talking about a time when there was when there wasn't lots of carp anglers. I got to know about a lake in Nottingham, right, that, um, you know, I'd done some phenomenally big fish for the time that we're talking about. I'm talking about big, big 20s and 30s and stuff. You know, a guy had had a brace of 30s, for God's sake, you know, that was like unheard of. Anyway, so I found this lake, I, you know, found this lake and it cost me 12 quid for the year. You know, so when I, when I eventually got my membership, I thought, oh, Christ, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. Never saw another frigging angler. I mean, that's, and it was a biggish lake. And uh, I could never fish the early part of the year because I always had early part of the season. Season used to open the 16th, guarantee from the 16th to the 24th or 25th, I'd be doing exams. So I never got to fish you know, the, the early parts. So as soon as that was all done and I'd gone back to work and I, I, I arranged to, you know, I got back to normal life and I started fishing and I went to this lake. Nobody else caught fishing at all on it. You know, it's about 40, it's probably more. Then it was probably about 60 acres, but it's, it was islands and bays and all sorts of stuff. Lovely, absolutely gorgeous place you know and um after a little bit of walking around and walking around, i eventually found the fish and they were in this weed bed in one of the bays at the back 
So I thought, brilliant, you know, they're up that, you know, this is going to be easy. So I set me little traps around like I did at the time and um, went dark, got light, caught bugger all. No takes, no nothing. And the fish were still in the wee bed. And all they did during the, during the day, as it got warm, they came up and all yeah. sat in the holes in the weed. And when it got dark, they all sunk down. That went on until September. And then one September, well, th that September, I, I went and, you know, and I kept going back and kept going back and doing the same thing, a bit, bit, bit madness. I turned up, went round Lake, went back to this weed bed. I mean, this weed bed, when I said this weed bed, it's quite a big weed bed. I could I could see that there was fish with tails up feeding. So that's the first time I'd seen them feed. So you know, uh, I put you know put my rods out. Cut long story short, I caught three that night. You know, after all that time, right? The following night, when I'm sort of thinking, brilliant, they've gone. The fact they've been there in that same spot from basically mid-June to September told you a hell of a lot about, you know, how they were, you know, how these fish behaved. I ended up going to the main lake then, so which was like going from fishing something that was three acres to something that was about 30 acres, you know, because I just couldn't find them, so I thought, soddy, I've got to go in and spread. No anglers, so I got the whole lake to me to myself and uh, thinking that that's where they you know that's where they'd be first time first basically the rest of that year bugger all else nothing the following year i went back to the lake realizing that that this is the norm and guess what they were all in frigging mm -hmm. same weed bed in same bay not doing anything, I thought, sod this. But the following year, <coughs> I went and baited up in the main lake from mid-September onwards. And somebody else had cottoned onto it, and they did exactly the same as what I did. In fact, they were actually doing it directly on top of what I was baiting. And when I actually went, you know, I went and fished, I caught fish. The other person that had done the exactly same can't fuck all. Yeah, they were doing it on top of exactly the same thing. You know, if you get what I mean, which mm. comes back to the fact that how important I think bait is. You know, if it, the fish were there, there weren't bait fish by a long chalk, yet somebody else's bait weren't going to work. Mm. Yeah, so that's that. You've lost thread now, aren't you? I, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it, it. I was thinking of asking you a good question, but there's so many variables. How far off does a carp need to be to detect our bait? But mm. I think realistically, there's so many variables. Undertow, you know, obviously there's, there's carriage of of um, of signals. There's so many fucking variables there. I'll tell, you can't I'll answer tell you. it. I'll tell you something. I mean, when we, and I mean, this is the beauty about having your own lake and 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 um, and being able to control a lot of what happens. 
I once, in during the close season here, I had a fish that followed me round like a dog on a lead. Yeah, but is he following the bank disturbance or do you know what I mean? He, he, whatever he was doing, he was following me. I mean, it, and it, there was no fear in him at all. And it was like to the point of thinking, I'd looked and thought, I see her again. And I'd walk a little bit further around there. And you're talking, when you walk this periphery of this lake, it's um, two kilometres. And it followed me around full two kilometres. I mean, which... So why is it following you? I've, that's the bit I can't understand. Curiosity? Right, right yeah. <laughs> so, Curiosity? So, so say we're putting some bait in our swim. Yeah. How far off, you know, can we expect carp to detect that? And again, mm. variables, undertow, I get it. I do get it. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a phenomenally difficult question to answer because, like you say, it's got that many variables. Even things like, um, I mean, you take the density of water. What density of water is... Sorry, Dave. Just... Sorry. Density of water <laughs> should be constant but it's not because you know certain lakes will have more suspended solids than others so that alone would determine any chemical transit through a water column along with water temperature along with with um movement it's just, you know, it's impossible. It's impossible to actually, you know, give an answer. On the surface, it's probably easier. Let's say there's, you know, we're, we're, we're in a swimming pool. There's no undertow. There's, you know, there's no surface breeze. How far do you feel the most dispersible attractants disperse? How far do hmm. they fucking go? I mean... I mean, if you, th I mean, they can dis they can disperse a hell of a long way. Because okay, so it's parts it. per million. <clears throat> In my opinion, you have to have that bait pretty fucking close to the carp for them to pick it up. Whereas there's other people I won't necessarily name them, very well known people who would say no, they're fucking detecting that from the other side of the hundreds lake. Hundreds of yards. Yeah, hundreds yeah. of yards, and I do not. I think, think that is are, true. I, I, I think, think they're they might wrong. detect your presence. Hundreds of yards. No, away. we're talking about bait, but like might, chemical signals. Yeah, but, but no, I, I, I they can't have to be that. fairly close, right? Depends how long the bait's been there. Depends yeah, on the, course, con yeah. the con conditions. But I'm certain, as we know, carp know we're there. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's different. And they might, they might, in certain, in carp get imprinted. In certain circumstances, our presence and food yeah. can can outweigh the fact of being. But what's the potential? I think it's impossible to say because of yeah, the, yeah. so many variables. I mean, I've sat. I mean, years and years ago. I mean, I, I the first time I threw a spot in the water was nineteen eighty two, and it was a camera. You know, the thirty five mil. Thingy bottles, yeah. um, and we all did it. Uh, Darren, yeah, yeah, and we were we were we we were spotting 
Tigers. 1982. Into Big Lake. At Darwin, in winter. And the carp used to bow wave towards these things in yeah. the water. Because they knew there was something. But was coming. that the sound? Is it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so many different. Yeah, uh, exactly. Know. I mean, um, I don't think you can have it. The, you never, on a wild environment, I just don't think, or even in a, a tank, I just don't think you can, that that is going to be easy to determine. And I mean, fish have got fins, so they constantly swim. They constantly, it's a bit like, you know, that, like I tell you, that fish followed me all the way around lake for whatever reason. You know, they could be doing that. They could be swimming around lakes like that all the time. So the chance of them coming across something that, 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 that's going to stimulate them is, quite, is probably a lot higher than what you think. Mm. You know, so I don't think it's fundamentally that good because let's face it, if you, I'll give you an instance. Sorry, give you an instance. I can remember going back to the first time I ever used um, hydrolyzed products, and it was it was a hydrolyzed casein and hydrolyzed lactalbium. Mm, fucking up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there were there were one of them was phenomenally expensive. Mm. The first time I ever used them. Um, I, you know, chucked, chucked bait in a swim, and and um, and it was amazing. This lake that I was fishing, you never saw very much activity from carp, mm. but so <coughs> within four or five hours, I've got fish jumping and turning, rolling the whole lot. Didn't catch any. I mean, to the point where where one of one of my mates that was fishing probably hundred meters away came down to me and said, "What's going? What's going off?" And uh, I says, "Nothing." And you know, you're going through all the all the you know. Well, I could, I've watched all these. I says, "I don't know what they're doing." Um, but with hindsight, with hindsight. I, I sort of, I sort of realised what was really going off was when you use something that's highly soluble, mm. highly attractive. How the f does it know where it is? You know, and, and you know the fish were were in the area, probably jumping around looking for something to eat, and and actually couldn't find it. If you, you know, because you can saturate something. Yeah, yeah. And I and and I'm convinced. You know, the early times I used these, I'd saturated it. You know, they they got these massive signals of here's food. It's somewhere here. Where is it? But we can't find it. You know, they couldn't home in on it. And I think that is a stage of bait development. We've not quite got. You know, into the into the mix as I call it, because I always remember Rod doing something in one of his one of his writings, and he got this 
carp and he'd got these little circles in and it were all <laughs> done in you know in one dimension you know getting closer and closer and closer but i mean it, uh, that that you know something that that was stimulating him to to basically home in on what they'd done but if you've got something that's stimulating them that's so concentrated they're never going to know where it is mm. yeah and um and funnily enough I actually gave the same stuff to somebody else to use in some another another lake, and they had the same problem. You know, lots of activity, activity they couldn't, but but nothing else. And then with time, I I reduced the the quantities down or down to minuscule, and you know the problem went away, and you you caught fish. Now then you get start to asking yourself is the stuff that you're now using, is it pointless, or is it, mm -hmm. or is it, you know, worthwhile? Yeah. At hundred quid a kilo, which is the, what what it was costing me for hydrolyzed casing, I dropped it. It's a commitment, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I dropped it's a it. real fucking commitment. Yeah. yeah, I dropped it. Yeah, I dropped it. I mean, I was only using grams, but I dropped it. I decided it was probably, you know, unexplainable. Hmm. Switching gears slightly, hydros, hydrolysis. I think this is something that a lot of home bait makers, they dabble in the world of, I'm putting inverted commas, hydros, mm. um, which I think are probably anything but what they think they are. Anyway, in terms of hydrolysis and, and hydros, what do we need to know about these things? What do you need to know? Fucking huge subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it's a it's a, a subject matter that that, um, and it's a very very complex branch of science. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, you've got to get the. I've seen a lot of, a lot of people talk about you know I've, this is a hydro, that's a hydro, and a, you know I, 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 you know the bait bus page. You know, use this and use this, and basically they're just fermenting stuff. Exactly, they're yeah, fermented. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between um, pure hydrolysis and ferment, you know, fermenting. I mean, you c you can't you can't you can't you know, uh, one's very easy to do, the other's highly complexed. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean what they're doing. It isn't gonna have some sort of effectiveness on on the fishing because you know you know when you ferment things you can change things you can produce things that 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 are highly attractive to to carp but it's not you can never really say it's really hydrolysis I mean most people get you know hydrolysis on it in its purest form. As we know, it's just breaking peptide links with water. Well, to be fair, it's not just limited to peptides, though, is it? No. Any any, any chemical compound breaking down with water well, yeah. is, is technically it, it hydrolysis. Is. But then have a look how long it takes just done with water alone. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I want mean, to talk about esters in a bit, but yeah, I feel, yeah, but feel like I, I mean, probably it's won't not, it's not, it's, You know, you, do, you just don't mix proteins with water and expect no. it to... No, no, no. Eventually it will. 
if you, if you if you look at the science, it actually will, but it takes quite a long time. And when I say quite a long time, I'm on about hell of a long time. It's half life calculations like mm-hmm. you do for do for um, working out radioactivity degradation. It's the same sort of thing, actually. And but we, you know, anybody that knows, you can be speeded up by by the use of of enzymes to actually cleaver and the you know your peptide links and you create polypeptides etc etc um that is far harder to do especially in a controlled reproductive method i know because i've spent last I mean, the first time I used an enzyme was probably 85, 1985, you know, uh, and and going back back then, you know, without the knowledge base that I, that I've now got, I realise it was pointless. It was I was uh, to use a use a Yorkshire phrase, pissing in the wind, you know. But now, uh, you know. With lots more years of knowledge and and a far far better education, I know how to do it, and it can't be done in an airing cupboard in somebody's house. <laughs> it, I mean, how old were you then? Eighty four. You said you were playing with enzymes. How old were you then? If you don't uh, mind Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, young lad. Twenty four. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, but I was. I. I. I'd, at that time, I'd had quite a reasonable education. Yeah, you know, I am I'm postgraduate qualified yeah. on on a quite high level. So I mean, even then, I'd I could walk in. I mean, I'd been I could walk in and talk to people that knew far more than I would ever know. So, uh, but again, the enzyme thing came from. The, the, uh, and I knew well. It becomes from a product that came out of boots, believe it or not. And it wasn't. It wasn't well, just me. It was the, you know. There's a few other people that was that, an amino that, you, product from spleen or a eh? an amino product from spleen or is it no. It was. It was. A, it was a. It was a product called Benjers. Yeah, Benjers Bangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. A, uh, it came from that. That's where the interest first started. Yeah. Um, because you know that's a, uh, a supplement that we used for people that weren't very well. Yeah. 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 And then, as a consequence of that, you know, you you, you start to you know look. At, you know, I used to go into the libraries and the, the uni that I was at, and you'd look at up. You know, you know a lot of lot of information about enzymes and you know etc and i also knew about the through through going on a holiday i got to know about bromelain <laughs> because i went to a to a, a west african country and they, they they said you know if you eat a lot of them pineapples <laughs> i expect to get a change in your yeah so i mean it was another I mean, and to be truthful, from a for for a protein peptide breaking, then uh, that you know that 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 
they're not they're like a pectin type enzyme you know they, they don't they don't really work the way that I thought the work then. Now I, think, I realize you, you you only need to you need to concentrate on the protease ones, yeah. or, or they're the ones that 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 you need to use if you're gonna if you if you want to do anything about if you want to to make your own hydrolysis protein. And I'll to say something now to your listeners: unless you've got <clears throat> fifteen to twenty grand to spend on equipment yeah exactly uh, etc th- you won't all you're going to do is produce a lot of mess i think i would imagine even with your standard of equipment so obviously you've got very professional equipment i imagine getting it consistent between batch to batch is an absolute fucking nightmare it is i mean yeah i mean because if you just if you're aiming at one product uh you've got more chance of of doing it consistently which is no good if you're trying to produce a, a cart bait. You need to have multiple products to give you that full nutritional, you know, your range. So consequently, you've not only got to solve the problem with with one product. I ended up having to solve the problem problem with six. Um, so, and if you want it all to work together. You're not just going to have to. A, you've got something that needs more than one different type of enzyme, mm. and more than one different temperature. Because you know this process is done under pressure, because it's the easiest way to actually do it. You know, in a in a in a, a controlled environment. So you've got nothing else. Like the, you know, what's happening outside with the weather affecting that process. You know, it's quite easy to control the temperature. But it's very hard to control the pressure that it's subjected to, to which can affect the pH of the final. Because it starts as a slurry. When 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 you know the product, because you obviously hydrolysis needs water, but you start with a slurry. And it's it's about the temperature and pressure of that slurry to get the final product that you or that you're looking for. Um, and obviously, how do you know whether it's done what you've done? Because you can stop it very easy. Because the it's pH dependent. You've only got to knock it either side of of um the ph you're working it'll stop it yeah it'll stop it but i mean one of the things that that i also developed is a system of of or a, a testing process because you've got to test what you've done and and you can do stuff, and I, I, I think I, I think I said to you earlier. I mean, I fucking you know, almost blew up things, you know. And it's only because it's produced massive amounts of gas that it shouldn't have done, because um, I got it wrong. Um, but once you got it right, and you end up with a a material that you need to assess, you've got to come up with a testing regime. You've got to we've got to be able to say, well, what have I done, and I had to develop that as well. 
which is again it's about but it's about being able to to um evaluate how far far you've gone down that hydrologist process because trying to break every single <coughs> peptide length to so you end up with with just alpha amino yeah. acid mix it's not going to work because a it becomes so, so unpalatable yeah so that so i was going to lead on to that i mm. mean what at what point do you think <clears throat> are you better off hydrolyzing ingredients and then adding them to a, a boilie mix or are you better off actually at what point does it come that you should just be adding in singular amino acids organic compounds do you know what i'm trying to say because you're just splitting them down yeah 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 if you go too far you might as well just go back to what you've just said you'll go back to adding them this is why this is why why when when we, we started with this this producing this cake process to get to down to something that wasn't unpalatable. I think I said, told you, some of the time, you know, the early days, days of the tests, got down to the point where it was unpalatable. There was no way we, so, you, you were ever going so to get a fish to eat. I was going to say, so I'm sort of reverting back. So we've had conversation in the, in the past with, uh, with previous guests. So I'm going back to the Dean Towie podcast. We're not talking about hydrolysis here. We're just talking mm. about use of enzymes, mm. carbases, whereas you've used a lot in the past, haven't you? We're talking sort of, I guess, uh, peanuts with certain, well, amylase. Mm. Um, and we've had the conversations where is there a byproduct of the enzyme use that is attractive to the carp? Um, is there something special in that? Whereas I guess with, with Dean, when we were having a conversation, he was saying, no, there's no, there's no sort of byproduct. You're just looking at the sort of like the, the breakdown of the sugars. So, for example, if you had like a monosaccharide like, like fructose or something, mm. you can just use that instead. Using the amylase, for example, I think I'm reverting back to it. I have to re listen. Dean was saying that's like pointless. It's a pointless exercise when you can just use something like amylase. Um, just use, sorry, something like fructose. Um, you probably explain it better, Sam. Do you understand what I'm coming from? Yeah, I think I think my point was that when you split down these things, there's potentially some extra, you know, it sounds very vague, but some extra magic sprinkled in there compared to just using singular things such as fructose or fructose, or if we're talking about proteins, you know, just using lysine or you know, yeah, yeah, etc. Hmm. Because everyone seems mad on, let's fucking hydrolyze everything. Let's split it yeah, down. Yeah, 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 let's yeah, split yeah, the yeah. fuck out of the protein bonds, yeah. the organic... Like, but okay, what happens if we just add in those raw individual... Individuals, which is... Amino what, acids, we, organic uh, acids. Yeah. Uh, which is so. how... Which is... You go back... You go back to the... Even to the late 70s. Yeah. I were using... You know... Free aminos, L-form amino acids as attractors, which is what you were saying. You know, so we could, like anyone can pretty much buy any amino acid they mm, want, mm, more or less. Mm, mm. Why are we fucking around with hydrolyzing them when we can just add them individually? I think possibly it's because two reasons: buying bulk form amino acids isn't cheap. Is hydrolyzing them efficiently and consistently, though? 
for 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 me, yes. For the public, though, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, on about. Yeah, yeah. For but for for somebody that's making bait. Oh no, forget it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, forget but it. It's pointless. Singular, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's these, pointless. These yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 talking more from a experimental point of view. Mm. You know, you know, you know. By all means, you can you can replicate the exact same thing by by buying L-form amino acids in you know from these places like bull powders, da da da, mixing your own. The only difference is the palatability mm. of them. The diff, you know, the thing is when you create um, like like that cake that I was talking about. So. Yeah, it's actually palatable. But what? So, so what extra is there in there that's making it palatable? The bits, the bits that's that that that's unquantifiable. Yeah, yeah that you yeah. can't, you, you can't, can't put a finger on. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, because I think I told you, you know, you know, I took it, I took it too far a few times and ended up with a yeah. most ghastly concentrate. And I mean, and it's quite easy for me to to. To test it on any fish, you know, at a time. I mean, I, you know, that that that, you know, I can basically drive half a mile away and throw stuff at fish and watch them either eat it or not. How how quantifiable is it? Where you say you 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 break down so many peptide bond bonds. Like how quantifiable is it? Like, have you had it analysed to like extent yeah. where you know exactly where you're yeah, at? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, France. Yeah, yeah, percent, yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, it's plus or minus. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, 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 you can't go no more than you go more than about fifty percent of the total, 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 you know, protein chain makes. You, you start to create something that's not consistent with the same. Okay. You know, so. So I mean, it's you have to keep that side, um, and, and I'm convinced that that because of the consistency of the the the, the physical aspects of the cake that ends up at the end, it is it is pretty consistent because I know what happens if you change it. The physical nature of the cake, yeah, yeah, just the feel, goes, the nature, yeah. and, and the fact that it can yeah. it can go on to the next process. Also, if you leave it, because you have to kill it, we have to kill the the process. It, once you've killed it, if you leave it for for any, you know, just leave it to atmosphere for any length of time, it's amazing how it changes. You know, it, again, you know, because normally it comes straight out from that process to to being turned into a bait and once you've turned it into a bait and you know it it, it it's boiled once you boil it you know you've mm -hmm. killed it you've used it haven't you martin yes mm. excellent martin did you did you sort of um use it in the warmer months have you used it at different times of year um, no, also, also here, yeah. Yeah, and you've you've sort of had consistent results, I consistent, guess. Consistent, yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating product, and me and mm. like, well, we both said Sam, we're we're dead keen just to mm. 
just to get it in our hands and just have a look, you know, something new. It's Martin was one of the first that, that one of the few that when we were testing it and yeah, he was one of the first that would let use it. Yeah. Uh, Andy, who came with the dog, he was another one. Yeah. So, I mean, shifting gears yet again, Rolling Bates, obviously it sounds like this is a company that's pushing the way forward, certainly with hydrolysis but perhaps with other bits and pieces within a bait as well. What, just as, as far as a bait enthusiast standpoint goes, what do you think we would find interesting that you guys are doing? Um, I mean, some of the, I mean, we, we, we're working quite heavily on, besides the, besides the, you know, obviously the, the stuff we've talked about, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been, not not trying to I mean it's quite easy to just chuck out loads of bloodier flavours and this and that and other uh, but our you know the four bait the four main bait ranges we've we've produced little bits that add to that to them that's actually tailored towards them that you know I've got a few little different things in it yeah. I mean They'll be. I don't know. I don't know when they're ever going to get it to market. But there's a there's a there's a product that um, I developed and put together as a blend of of free aminos. That's that I I you know L form that I actually you know always do a new work well. I mean, we call it carp coke. Whether that whenever they ever get that to market, I've no idea. <coughs> What's but in carp coke then? It's, what do we need well, to know? Just, well, I've just told you it's a blend of L form free amino acids. Nothing um, else. Nothing else. Nothing it's got, else. It's got, but it's got a very distinct. It's it's a bizarre little th little thing. You can put it in your you know from a bait but bait maker's person point of view. You put that. I mean, you, when you bite, you smell it. You think, I don't don't really smell much. You put it in your <laughs> your bait. Trust me, it will change your bait. <laughs> you really? will, it'll, it, whatever it is you're using, it will change the physical appearance, which tells you exactly how what uh, you know straight away. That's had an, had a major influence on what I'm using. I mean, uh, I've been using it. For quite a while, I mean, to the point where, where it's. Um, I'll give you a for instance. <laughs> this is this is just pre-pandemic. Um, my mate that that um, I've known for decades. We, we we went fishing together for a couple of weeks, and uh, straight away, you know, we're, we're doing we're catching we're catching fish, you know. You know, it's equal, 50-50, da-da-da-da-da. And uh, anyway, this one particular day, I just thought, well, let's probably try, you know, his results, my results. We're using the same bait, you know, are pretty equal. It's time to just try if this stuff can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So that night, all my four rods, I included the carp coke and 
a few other, you know, and, and, del and the delivery method. That's the best way to put it, the delivery method. I, you know, anyway, cut long story short. 11 takes later, me, he's had none. <laughs> and, he, and he happened to say to me, why have you had so many takes? I said, I've got a bit of a confession to make, Pete. <laughs> I explained to him what I'd done. And he says, all oh, right, can I have some? I said, yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, after that point, it all equaled out, it, you know, back to what it was before. Mm -hmm. So I know it makes a difference, you know. And, uh, and I mean, if you talk to Lee or, or, or Paul, well, certainly Lee will tell you, how much of a difference it's made to him, you know, and it's, but it's not very heat tolerant. That's the first thing I'm going to say. So anybody that puts it in, a, that bought it to add to a bait, they've got to be, you know, they've got to keep the, the you know, the boiling times of the bait. The best way to, to use it is to either stick it in a stick mix or if you can put it in a bit of a ground bait, make a paste and, you know, Squeeze it round your mm. your boily and cast it out. But you know it's uh, it's quite a it is quite a phenomenal instant attractor, and and it works quite well over the full temperature range. You know, you know even in cold water, and it's and it's not that expensive. Mm. Mm. Go on, where are you going? No, I was, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to pick holes. This was this was three, you say, sort of L form amino no, acids. No, I didn't say it was three. Oh, okay, I don't know where I got that from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a blend. A blend. A where blend. I got three from then, I don't know. Yeah, it's a blend. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Okay. <laughs> it's a blend. You say it changes like the characteristics of a bait. So it straight away, that got yeah, my, that, me thinking, like, oh, what have I that, used? Sorry, or? it's not going to change the texture. It's not going to change the, the the buoyancy. It's not going to change the mechanical properties. Mm. But trust me, as soon as it goes in, you will know that you've got it in. Okay. Even though, even though you're, you, the, the, the stuff is, is a crystal-tight white powder. Yeah, yeah. Why it's cold, what it's cold. Has very little smell, mm -hmm. but it certainly reacts when it touches other stuff. But it, you know, it's never been a negative. Okay. Yeah, it's never been a negative. Yeah. It's quite. I mean, it's weird because <laughs> I might as well say it. I tell you what, Lee calls it dog shit. Okay. <laughs> That's what he calls it dog shit because it says whenever it's mixed in, when it's fine. Whenever it's mixed in with anything, that's what it smells like. I, I don't get that yeah. myself personally, but I do know I can tell when it's in something. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm none the wiser. I'm not going to lie. I'll try and put my finger on it. I don't know if you've got anything, Sam. Yeah. No. Uh, it's just a mixture of L-form you know, amino acids. Yeah. So, you know, mm. Simple as that. Mm. Yeah. Sam's nearly falling asleep. Yeah, you we're in a fucking trance. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no. how, how are we doing on things? Are we are we at a point of rounding things up? Or? You uh, tell me. You're you're the uh, you're the record what, master. We, we, how are we doing for time? We'll round it up now. I think so. Yeah. 
have something to eat and then see if we want to do all that. Who knows, maybe. Ooh, a little bit of dirty extra. When Dave has a few more pints and gets a little bit more loose-lipped, you never know. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, before we round things up, there's two things I was going to say. First of all, it's St. Piran's Day today, so all of the my Cornwall carping brethren. Um, it's a patron saint of Cornwall, so St. Piran. St. Piran, yeah, St. Piran's oh, Day in Cornwall. St. Piran. Yeah, that's it. Cheers, Dave. Mm-hmm. And secondly, um, so all of our listeners, you won't know this, Dave, of course, um, know that Sam was the best man at my wedding, um, and. Many years ago, I asked you to be the best man, and it was on the day that I caught your target fish. Yeah, it was. And you were yeah. bittersweet. It was a bit weird, actually, wasn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Still never forgiven me. I caught Sam's target <laughs> I don't fish. Know about that. On this and day? Then, on this day? Well, not on no, this day. Not on, on the, this day. <laughs> no, not on this day. On the same day, I asked then Sam to be my, like the best man at my wedding, and Sam's actually asked me today, Dave, to be That's the it. best man Has at his wedding. Has he asked you to be the best yeah. man at his wedding? Yeah, oh, check this well. out. He's actually had, had made. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. He's had made for me this a little controller float, and it's got my, it's got the best man PHT, which are my initials. So yeah, well that looks that's like a mortar. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it looks <laughs> yeah, like, it a does look like a mortar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah might well. be a hidden message there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it'd be a nice little note to. to yeah, round yeah. It well, that nice. is really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all I can say is, I wish you all the. You know the best for your uh, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, so yeah. let's hope it goes all right. Yeah, I mean, future. who knows? Touch and go, isn't it? Yeah. No pressure. And I'm sure you'll make an excellent young man. <laughs> uh, sorry, not young man. Best man. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, cheers, Dave. Pleasure. We could always come back. Perhaps we'll round it up yeah, in a yeah, in a part yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah.